0: Had been sick for so very long When she heard that my Jesus, he was passing by So she ran to join the gathering throng Lord, and while she was pushing her way through Oh, somebody asked her, woman, what are you trying to do? She said, if I could just touch the precious hymn of his garment, then I know I would be made whole. The woman cried. to the review with joy and company featuring conversations with best-selling authors as well as the hottest reviews with the authors you choose we're inspiring the world through christian literature stay logged on we'd like to know what are you reading
1: Conversations with authors of faith-based literature. We provide a platform for writers who seek to enrich readers through their work. So if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, or simply a really good read, stay connected with to us here on the review and discover the transformative power of faith-based literature. I'm Joy, and as always, I am delighted to be in the midst of your company. Now guys, I hope you guys love it when I get excited about a book because this first book up this hour, I'm super excited about it. So that means things are gonna roll really, really fast. Before we jump into the stream though, let's give a shout out to Fishbowl Studios and a big hi to Victor, our producer, and he's taking care of us this hour. I Wanna say hello to Rose Lewis. Good evening, good evening, good evening. And a big shout out to Rosemary LeGrand. We love you and we do miss you. Well, guys, oh, I know what I want to do first. I want to remind you, I don't know if you caught the intro song, but it is pertinent to the book that we're talking about this hour. And the whole story comes from the word of God in Matthews chapter 9 when it says, and suddenly... A woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well. From that hour, this flows to you from the New King James Version, and we're going to be talking about a, many versions of that today as we visit with our first guest, who is no stranger to the review. She's a best-selling author with at least 13 Christian literary <laughs> awards. But well, who's counting, right? <laughs> who, who's even
2: of this track record?
1: <laughs> she is the host of the award-winning podcast, Your Hope field perspective and she is a board certified clinical neuropsychologist in private practice for over 20 years. It gives me great pleasure to once again welcome Dr. Michelle
3: Bankston to the review. Thank you so much. It's always good to be with you too.
1: Oh, I'm glad you enjoy it because we certainly enjoy being with you. We're gonna be talking about your new book, The Hymn of His Garment, Reaching Out to God When Pain Overwhelms. Dr. Michelle, tell us about this book. Just give us a snippet. We're gonna talk about it in depth because there's a lot going on in it. But just give our audience a snippet about it.
3: So we all know about physical pain, a broken leg, a sunburn, toothache, but no discussion about pain would be complete if we didn't also talk about the fact that there's emotional pain, relational pain, financial pain, spiritual pain, as well as secondary pain, which is pain inflicted by the words or actions or lack thereof of someone who makes the pain sufferer feel even worse. But the idea behind this book is, so what do we do when we're in pain and we know God can heal? Yes, But he's not done it yet
4: mm.
3: How do we hold on To our faith When we're tempted To blame God Or turn the other direction you
1: know, um, Dr. Bankston, what I really like about this book—actually, there are many things. Okay, <laughs> guys, let me jump off, jump you off, real, real quick. This is an excellent book. Visit us at joyandcompany.org to get your copy of this book. It will definitely become a manual for life for you. <coughs> but what <clears> I particularly <throat> like about this book is that you give us direct answers in it, and with how-to-do's that are relevant for today, how purposeful was that in your thinking when you uh, began to write the hymn of his garment?
3: Well, scripture tells us that in this life we will experience trouble. But then Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And he has, but what do we do while we're waiting for our victory? So it was so important to me to give the reader something tangible to hold on to while they're waiting for their healing Mm -hmm. because someone who's not going through pain doesn't know what to say to make a difference. But a fellow pain sojourners, we know what it's like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to give information that was practical and hope filled.
1: Wow. And only you could do that on the level of what you did in this book, because you sh- we've, we've had the privilege and the honor of reviewing several of your books. Mm-hmm. So we know a little bit about your history and background. So you come from that source of living through that pain and not just physical pain, but emotional pain, mm-hmm. secondary pain, you know, just the whole gambit. Mm-hmm. So you you not only pull us in to with understanding, but on a level of empathy, with empathy. And we felt it so much in this book. Mm-hmm. It was like first-hand accounts. Rose, she's shaking over there. I know she's got a lot to say. <laughs> I'm going to try to be polite and remember <laughs> that I'm not doing this show by myself. Okay?
2: <laughs> I want to say if you're in search of a lifeline mm. to persevere and survive... Through circumstances beyond your control, allow the hem of his garment to be your anchor to safety.
1: Yes. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. That's beautiful. Beautiful, Rose, put so on point. You know, I, I tell you guys, it's not too much that we could say to give accolades to this book, and I don't want to do that, but I want to share some of the nuggets that's in here. Like, you start off with um, teaching us or telling us how important it is that we encourage ourselves Mm. in the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, you even give us a three-step plan at the end of the bottom p- of page 20 I'm, I had to make a lot of notes here we can share because <laughs> I want you to share what was your three step plan to encourage I'm yourself in the Lord because you know sometimes we hear scripture and they sound really cute and then people make songs out of them and there's a wonderful song about encouraging yourself in the Lord so at some point it can even become cliche-ish to us but what I'm telling you what I love about this book is she took cliches and she made them relevant for whatever it is that you're going through today and i love she's not just saying encourage yourself in the lord but she's telling you this is how you do it so right. tell them how do they do it
3: you know that's very scriptural because in the bible it says david yes encouraged himself in the lord yes but that's not what we want to do when we're hurting you know i mean we want to curl up in a ball and pull the covers over our head, and we, mm-hmm. and we want God to remove the pain. Mm-hmm. We all do, because we live in such a pain-averse society. But we have so many examples that are scriptural about how to do that. And one way is through stones of remembrance Yes, in so the good. Bible. God frequently had people take stones and build Mm -hmm. these stacks so that they could remember where God did something in their journey, so they could come back to those stones of remembrance. Mm -hmm. And for us, you could do that. You could physically write on stones, a verse that meant something to you, a circumstance that you overcame, or you could journal stones of remembrance you know, and document, here's my prayer request, here's where I saw God come through. Or even as you're going through scripture and resonating with stories of biblical greats, those can be stones of remembrance as well. But the idea is that when we're in the midst of our pain, we tend to have short memories. Mm -hmm. We tend to forget what God has done before. And those stones of remembrance serve as a reminder of when God was previously faithful so that we can continue to trust that he will be faithful in this situation.
1: That's good, that's good. Do we have to say hello to anyone yet, Rose?
2: Yes. Jana Lewis-Perez says good evening, and Stella Alexander says hello, ladies.
1: Hi, Stella and Jana. Thank you guys for jumping in the stream with us. And guys, you're tuned in to The Review with Joy and Company. We're visiting with Dr. Michelle Bankston, and we're talking about her book, The Hymn of his garment now you do know what to do i know we've been mia several times this (laughs) year but the plan is still the same visit us at joyandcompany.org and get a copy of this must-have book um you know you talked about something and and you mentioned it already the seven types of pain and, I, and and though you did do it briefly, I would like you to to just go over them a little more and give us a a little bit, even if on a couple of where that comes from.
3: Yeah, we all know physical pain. That's yes. that noxious stimuli that that creates a an adverse physical sensation. But emotional pain is more like the pain that you experience where something happens and you ruminate on it and. The, the more you go down that negative track, the more likely then you end up walking into the valley of depression or anxiety or addiction. And relationship pain, as believers, we often don't want to talk about that one. But relationship pain is when something goes awry in a relationship and it just produces grief mm-hmm. over what used to be over what you're not sure what happened. And so there there may or may not be any reconciliation, but it's almost like a death, but the other person is still living. Yeah.
4: yeah, And then
3: we all know what financial pain is, but spiritual pain is when something adverse happens and then we start to blame God or question God. God, are you still there? God, if you love me, why did you let this happen? God, you say you're our healer, so why aren't you healing me? And that spiritual pain, when it's spiritual pain, then we start to feel negative about the change in our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we long for his presence, but we don't feel it anymore. And and we start to wonder, is God punishing me? Have I done something to deserve this? God, where are you in the midst of my pain? You say you'll never leave me or forsake me, but where are you?
1: I want to stop you right there because recently I had an experience where I was speaking with a young lady and she, um, somewhere in the conversation, she slipped in to me, of all people, that um she doesn't identify with Christianity anymore. And that kind of shocked me, okay? So I was trying to figure out, well, what do you say to somebody who tells you something like that, you know? And uh, we're living in a society today where we have just woke up and people are saying that they don't identify with their sex anymore. And Jen, for her to sit down in front of me and say, (laughs) I don't identify with Christianity anymore, and she starts talking about the powers of the universe, that really kind of... Mess with me. And I wished I was saying, God, what do I say to her? You know, how do I reel this conversation back to you? So as she continued speaking, I knew that she was coming from a source of pain. Mm -hmm. She was hurting. And something had happened that hurt her and had her in pain with Christ. And I just couldn't really wrap my mind around it. And when I read your book the vision of that conversation came back to me, spiritual pain. And everything I read about it, I wish I had had this book and read it like two days before I met her, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was really able to identify with that. So when people step away from the body, from Christ, from God, the Trinity, it is because of a hurt and a pain of some sort. Regardless what the reason is that they're going through,
3: yeah, and when we're in pain, we are at the most vulnerable position where the enemy mm. can come in and whisper lies, yeah, and because we are so self consumed in our pain, it's harder than to refute it with truth,
1: wow, yes, yeah, and and ironically, within this conversation when i did start bringing in word or trying to share with her she she had an answer i mean but it was not god right. and so i just started praying and, and kind of got out of the conversation because i really didn't want to wanted to become a, a, a challenge or mm-hmm. argumentative mm-hmm. so i just became yeah. an ear for her you know yeah. and i am constantly interceding that god would send the perfect laborer yeah to her. But reading your book gave me such a deeper understanding of her position. And that's a, like you said, a very vulnerable place to
2: be. Very Both. vulnerable. Uh, I want to, uh, say what, read what Peg Bradley said. And I totally agree with her. I think this is Dr. Bankston's best book yet. Ooh. It's a wonderful collaboration between Dr. B and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And she is absolutely correct. She is. You know, I had made a note uh, under your section, let me link arms with you. Mm-hmm. And I think if you read the last paragraph here on page 18, it will kind of help that lady that Joy's talking about.
3: So God isn't just the God of heavenly thrones, churches, Bible studies, prayer meetings, and revivals. He's also the God of chemotherapy chairs, overdrawn bank accounts, prodigal children, empty chairs at holiday dinners, bathroom floors, broken hearts, and tear-stained pillows. He's a God who stoops and bends his ear to listen to our heartfelt cries. He's the God who promises to go before walk alongside and come behind when no one else will i pray that as you read this book you will encounter him in a fresh new way through your pain and reach out to the hem of his garment
1: amen that was good good choice rose really really good i tell you guys there's so much meat um in this book there's so much depth to it um you definitely are going to come out of this book on a different level in Christ, and just with understanding where you are and putting things in perspective. Now, one thing you did in this book that really—I mean, so many things you did that really touched me. But you talked a bit about Job's wife in this mm. book. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> and I had never—I you know. had never
2: looked at it from the perspective right. that you gave. Yes, she and gets she a bad did. rap
3: usually. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yes. You know? but well, she had it pain it. too oh she had all the pain because overnight she lost 10 children yes she bore those children she lost 10 children her husband was afflicted with a health condition so all of a sudden she's the caretaker
2: mm-hmm.
3: and she, then she broke she lost <laughs> yeah <laughs> she lost all of her servants all of her livestock so she went from being wealthy to destitute in a second that woman experienced every type of pain yes and so she gets such a bad rap because she tells her husband just curse god and die but that's where we have to extend grace because in our pain we can be difficult to be around yes we can say things that we wouldn't say when we're not in pain
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: and And no, it was not the right thing to say curse God and die, but God also understands the depth of her pain. So I think we have to look at her with compassion and empathy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you definitely made me look at her from a different perspective. Uh, And I'm thinking, wow, there's so much depth to her that we've never been taught, you know, or that we've never taken the time because we skate over her. Right. And, And my question for you regarding Joe's wife, is was she a product of secondary pain in some ways
3: well we don't know for sure what all the friends may have said to her Mm -hmm. but we definitely know job experienced secondary pain and so if we could have been there with all the conversation i suspect they were blaming her as well Mm -hmm. if you had been a better wife if you had been a better mother if you had given greater tithes and offerings, because that's basically what Job's friends did. Mm-hmm. First, they were brilliant and sat with him for a week in silence, golden. They didn't get in trouble and still, until they started telling Job everything he did or didn't do to cause his pain. Mm-hmm. So I have to think that had we been present to hear all the conversation, Mrs. Job would have been lumped in there too. Because
1: they probably came with their wives. Probably. And they were probably sitting in another room, you know, the ladies were going in on her. I'm telling you, I started really feeling for Job's wife. I mean, I wanted to read more about her from your book. Love it. Love the perspective. She
2: probably felt that she needed a reason to get up and face the world every day.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Could you imagine losing 10 children? No. And, And I know that in the end of the story, God gave them more children. But that doesn't do anything Think to take away the go. grief of those you lost. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
1: yes. Um. um i'm trying to figure out where i want to go from here because i have so many notes on this book and guys if you missed it we're we're playing a visit today with our beloved dr michelle bankson and we're talking about her book the hymn of his garment it is a wonderful read it is an easy read um It's going to answer some points in your life. It's going to touch you in some area because it's one of these books that kind of makes you see the omnipotent power of God, how he can be everything to everyone at the same time, you know?
2: I think that a point that I got from the book, it says, do not be delusional, that we only (laughs) deserve good from God. But we must have faith and respect
3: God's will and his plan. And I'm going to be very transparent and say that came out of my own journey because I had a very um, unbiblical theology that, God, I'm serving you. I'm working for you, sun up to sun down. So in my head... He would protect me right. from all the pain I've gone through. That there's that's not in the Bible anywhere. But somehow it, we live in a culture that wants life easy, and so we think we deserve it. Mm-hmm. We deserve the pit of hell. We don't deserve an easy life. Jesus didn't live an easy life. Right. So I had a very skewed theology for a while there until God kind of. Shook me a bit and let me see. No, no, you deserve hell, but it's because I love you that I allowed my son to go through the worst pain ever. Right.
2: Yes.
3: And having gone through such horrific pain, now I'm so much more grateful for Jesus's pain. Right. You know, he was beaten and I, I just, it, I can't imagine a greater pain than what he went through, because he loved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love my family, but would I want to go through
1: that pain, hang on a cross? Right? Right. And and I like that you posed that question because the glory of it all is we don't have to right. because Jesus Christ has already been the ultimate sacrifice right. for us. He's already been the martyr for us, for our sins, for our sicknesses, our diseases. Yeah. He's already shed the blood. So we don't have to do that for the people that we love. Yeah. And you know the the most pertinent and important thing that we can do for someone that we love is give them Jesus. Oh, amen. Yes.
3: Yes. Amen. And yes. I, you know,
1: you know, you took another cliche um it, that we all grew up. We all say yeah. <laughs> oh! I'm going to share something Peg said before okay, you go, go ahead. there.
2: Go ahead. Peg says through this book Dr. Bankston helps us to truly understand the character of God
1: oh that's a great point Peg thank you and who made the first poem is Bradley I think you said yeah
2: Peg Bradley okay that's her buddy that's her friend
1: (laughs) you are making excellent points and you are so right we see the character of God throughout this book you know and it's just like it's not secondary it's firsthand because I love the way you structured the book I'm going somewhere else right now (laughs) We'll get back to the cliche. We, we you guys know me by now. So I love the structure of it because you start out and you get personal with us. You become very vulnerable. You are vulnerable in this book, like in no other book you've written. And yes. um, I just, you, you just touched my heart. And so you do that in the very first part of each chapter and then you go into the meat of the chapter and then you break this down with three segments at the end. You give Mm -hmm. us a prescription, a prayer, and, but the very first one, I'm getting a chill as we speak, is each chapter you break it down with the hymn of Uh God. That is so beautiful. Yes. I wanna know what was your thought process in doing the each chapter like that, the, the formatting of the chapters.
3: When you're in pain, It can be very difficult to know where to go or what to hold on to so that section at the end of every chapter called the hem of his garment is a promise for the reader in pain to hold on to while they're waiting for their healing Mm. so they don't have to wonder because it can be hard to think clearly when you're in pain so I wanted to make it as easy as possible to hear something reach out like the woman with the issue of blood hold on to this promise yes but then the prescription is there because well for one thing I'm a doctor so you have to have a prescription but (laughs) but really it's because I don't want you to take it on my faith I want you to put into practice what we talk about in the chapter so it becomes your faith
1: Yeah, that's good that's but
3: good. i also know when you're hurting sometimes you don't know what to pray Why? so i wanted to pray for the reader so that if they they're hurting so bad they don't know what to say that's okay i got you covered yeah yeah but you all know that playlist has been in every one of my books because when you're in pain whether it's depression or anxiety or physical pain or emotional pain or relational pain i don't feel like praising god when i'm hurting if i'm just being transparent right right but god commands it Mm -hmm. but i do know from scripture, scripture says God inhabits the praises yes, of his people, <laughs> he I <was> does. right? <laughs> and we know the enemy hates it when we praise God. That's right. And I have made it my life mission to irritate the enemy. So I give the playlist because even when I didn't feel like praising God, if that music was playing, I can't help but hum or sing along. Yes. So I right. ended yes. up praising God yes. and then I feel like it. Yeah. So sometimes you have to do it before you feel like it.
1: Yes. Yes. And the
2: thing about it, the songs were so perfect because they they ministered to you too. Yeah. They met you where you were, and they may have said something, a verse in the song, and it would just bring you to tears because it's like, God, that's where I am. You understand.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Music is so powerful.
1: It is music is so very powerful I love that so um, one of the things you tell us and I I, I need to remember the point I was making but (laughs) I'm going to find it I promise you what uh, you tell us that there's purpose in our pain whether it's God ordained or not because when I'm in pain I can't fathom that this is God ordained because whenever that time something goes wrong the first thing we say is now you know this is nothing but the devil yes this is a lie from the pit of hell you know right. and we don't initially out of our pain our discomfort our disappointments reach to to see God in it you know we see the adversity in it because we are taught that we have an enemy who is there but uh, everything that happens like in Job's case God allows
3: it he does allow it but, but he, he doesn't cause it no he i don't cause think it. god purposed for us to go through pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. but he's a redemptive God. So he allows good to come Mm -hmm. from it. You know, Genesis 50, 20 says, what the enemy intended for harm, God will use for the saving of his people. people. So that is where we have to believe, okay, even if this was the enemy who caused it, Mm -hmm. our God is so good, he can bring good from it. It just won't always happen in our way or our time. Yeah. Because it's really not all about us.
1: Yeah. Right. And so it becomes an issue of perspective.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rose? Yeah. One thing
2: I want to, I had made a point here God allows us to endure more than we can humanly handle, so we remain dependent on Him.
1: That was the point I was reaching for. It's jam (laughs) work. It's a cliche. Yeah. Another cliche you bring to the forefront when we always say, Rose, we'll, we'll say, God won't give you more than you, you can, can b- handle." Yes. Than you can bear. That's yes. the cliche. And that's the point right there. You yes. brought it in. You yeah. both in on it for me. Thank <laughs> you. No,
3: the scripture says, God won't allow us to be tempted mm-hmm. more than we can handle. But it doesn't say he won't allow circumstances to be greater than we can handle. Mm -hmm. Because if he did, then we would get all puffed up and think, well, I don't need you, God. Yeah, I got this. And that is one of the gifts, if you will, of pain and suffering Mm -hmm. is that it teaches us, one, how very little control we have in this life. And two, just how dependent God wants us to be on him but he's such a gentleman he won't force us to come and rely on him he offers us that opportunity
2: i love one of your stories and you were saying how you finally cried out to god and he says i knew it all along i was just waiting on you to tell me
3: yeah Yeah, i was just waiting for you to come (laughs) to me yeah you know i'm I'm not gonna force you to do it my way yeah Yeah. sometimes i sometimes i wish you would kind of clue me in a little sooner but i can be (laughs) hard-headed so
2: (laughs) another point you made in the book is you said god doesn't put unrealistic expectations on us right we do we do
3: yes 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 because we live in a day in a culture that prizes success do more be more but god operates from a very upside down kingdom mentality Mm -hmm. come all who are weary and I will give you rest. And we're like, "Mm, when I'm on vacation, Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like, no, how about you take a day? How about you take the Sabbath? Because it's good for you. I'm not trying to punish you. This is actually good for you, but I'm not going to force you. And you all know my story. I worked a hundred hours a week Mm -hmm. until my body gave up. Well, the Lord was like, I didn't ask you to work 100 hours a week. You decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was right. Mm-hmm. I put it on myself. He did not put that on me.
2: <laughs> I need to make some points. I guess I got so caught up in my points that <laughs> I was missing the points of our listeners. Stella Alexander says, destitute is deeper than broke. She was without all, all things that mad, made, made her who she identified with. That is wife, mother. Rich governess of house with service, beautiful, etc, her identity was lost. if she was broke, she still would have everything else. Right. she did not know to rest and trust in God right that's good, and we're talking about job's wife here you know? yes, that's yeah.
1: really excellent. Thank you, Stella, for that insight that's good
2: and jana Lewis Perez says in romans eight eighteen the suffering of today doesn't compare to future glory to
4: come. Right.
1: Oof. Right.
2: But
3: that somebody's is
1: hard been sitting in his grace.
3: That's yeah. hard to keep that perspective when you're hurting. And yeah. that's why we need brothers and sisters around us to remind us of that truth. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy would like you to think this is all your life is ever gonna be. It's never gonna be better than this. Yeah.
1: Yes. That's true.
3: And Daphne Watts says, Hi ladies.
1: Hi, Daphne. Thank you for jumping in the stream with us. You know, another one of my favorite ladies in the Bible that you expound on was Hannah. And you talked about what Hannah went through and um, how she got to the point where she was spending time with God when she went to Samuel, wasn't it? Yes. Wasn't it? Let's talk about that because this was a different kind of pain that Hannah was experiencing. You know, it was uh, a combination. It was a combination. uh, And then that's what you talked about in the books, that things get really complicated when we're experiencing different kinds of pain all at one time.
3: Yeah, we call that compounded pain. Yes. When one builds on top of another, builds (laughs) on top of another. And Hannah was from a society that prized fertility. And she couldn't conceive Yet she had faith. I mean, she had faith that God could fill her womb. But can't you just imagine? Women are catty. So can't you just imagine the women who had things to say to her about, well, if if you hadn't done such and such or, you know, if you were eating this instead of that, all all the comments. Blame, blame, blame. Mm -hmm. And yet she continued to seek the Lord, like the woman with the issue of blood. And in his timing filled her womb yes but so many of these stories i think but they now have a testimony that encourages us that had they not gone through pain and suffering what hope would we have
1: yeah i liked what you did when you made reference to hannah though you gave us three points that makes her story relevant today for us as our people today because it's not just about women it, it, yeah. it applies to both male it and does. female, you know, and you said her situation and what she got from when she went to the throne with God, she came out with like a three-fold blessing, a three-step blessing. She was uh, made to go her way, which means in today's language, resume your ordinary life. Yeah. And then her appetite returned. Yes. And uh, because she had been fasting, right. and, fasting praying, and praying, mm-hmm. and she couldn't eat anymore, so she had began to look frail and sick. And how many times when we're going through situations, our appetite changes? Some of us don't eat, right. and others Overeat, you know, yes, Yes. and and it so when you're going through, when you're in pain, when you're when you are going through, regardless to what the catalyst is that's sending you through, it changes and has an effect on your appetite, which affects your health. So, all of that changed after she came from the throne, and the um, her effect was lifted afterwards, you said. And I I really can't expound on that because that. I was left like so this with it. her.
3: So her affect is the outward appearance of her inward emotional state. Mm. So after she came from being with the Lord, her countenance changed.
1: That's way. Okay. All right. That's good. That's really good.
2: Uh, one thing I think too, that, that Hannah went through is when you have fertility issues, it makes you feel less than a woman. Yes, mm-hmm. and I know because I went through that. Yeah, and yeah. I thought I would never have children. Miraculously, I gave birth to a daughter, and doctors had said I only had a forty percent chance of ever conceiving. I was in a five-hour surgery, and seven years later, I gave birth. So I know that he's a miracle God. Yes, and I, in fact, I named my daughter. Her middle name is Simone after Samuel. Because Hannah resonated with me yeah. so when I was going through that trial. Wow.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, for Hannah and for yourself, Rose, it was about uh, infertility and, and being barren as a woman. But sometimes we're barren in other areas. You know, mm. we, we, we want to achieve things. We want to accomplish things. Or we come from a, 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 a environment that told us what we couldn't have. We couldn't be. Right. You know, and yet there's something inside of us where we want more. To me, that's that Hannah situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if it if it's removed from being fertile and and wanting a child, sometimes you just want a better way of life.
5: Mm. Where you came
1: from doesn't give that to you. But when we go to the throne, we can come down from that. And be empowered to resume our ordinary life into an extraordinary life, our appetite can change and our continents can change. And when we, when that happens, we'll experience elevation. In in a change in our life, mm-hmm. Hannah was ministering to me all over again in this book. And listen, you guys, if you think we're telling you the whole story here, you're very wrong. <laughs> You've got to get this book because there's no way we can do it justice. Visit us at joyandcompany.org and get your copy of the hymn of His garment. Whoever said it earlier, I'm dittoing it. I'm I'm in agreeing agreement with you. I am com with you? Is there another word I can use? <laughs> this is Dr. Michelle Bankston's best work. Last year she submitted a devotional that brought home two awards in its category. And and, and actually she ended up bringing home five <laughs> awards last year at the Christian Literary Awards. But I tell you this book is in a category of its own, Michelle. It yeah. is excellent. You And Rose and I had to say this Rose asked me. She said, "Joy." <laughs> I didn't find one error. But what? What about you? Because we look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we look for errors. Now, now, Rose is better at this than what I am, <laughs> hands down. Okay, but we bounce off of each other. I said, "Girl, not one." And we we look. Sometimes sure we do. don't <laughs> have to. We but sometimes
2: so you don't, much, have, to don't
3: have to look. They stand know. out. Yeah, because, yeah you know. The when, they're, when they're so out. apparent. And do you know how many times these books get edited? It
1: doesn't and matter. And they
3: still come through. I know, but it's so embarrassing when you find them.
1: I think that this is the first time, because once one, one year... We had a book where we thought that there was no error in it. But after we read the book, we, we discovered that there was one error in that book. But this is the first time that both Rose and I agreed <laughs> that we found there was no comma out of place. No, no. There was I told no, that. There was nothing, you guys. There was no. um Now, there was one time where you used the word. I wrote it down. Oh, no. Because you were messing things. with me with this book. <laughs> And um, I had to look it up, y'all, because I said this is so unlike Michelle. This word shouldn't be in here. She shouldn't have used this word. What was it? Um, intimating. I N T. Yes, I wrote that down too. I N G. But girl, you were on point with it.
2: <laughs> I got right here, define intimating, because yes. I was thinking she was using it wrong too. Me
1: too, and I thought. This is so unlike Michelle. <laughs> well, I have to apologize publicly and I don't have a problem doing it because you were on point. You know I looked it up.
2: <laughs> she increased so. my vocabulary a lot because yeah. she used several words and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know about this one. Let me look this up. <laughs> you guys, I
3: made you look it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, I pat myself yeah. on the <laughs> I that that on the back and we
1: read a lot. You know, and so um, we've been doing this for several years now. (laughs) So we've grown over the years with our reading habits, how we read, what we notice, and what we don't notice, you know, even. And we've taken classes constantly. One of us, or if not both of us, is always in a class. Mm -hmm. So because we want to do you justice, you know, And um, so, yeah, we scrutinized this book. And there was no errors. I think it's amazing that we wrote down the same word. I know.
2: I know. I got it right here. I even put
1: put page 46. That's what I got. (laughs) I got it, too.
2: Love it. We are so I love much it. alike when it comes to reading.
1: Yes, I mean we we have really kind of become one. We're on one <laughs> yes. yes, we used to fight a lot, but now we're just kind of like we think on one a lot accord, now. You know? But she
2: gave me a compliment today. She told me I had grown. So oh yeah, that's probably why we're getting closer to being on one accord. Well,
1: I don't I don't know that. <laughs> you're you're wait because you didn't have to come up to where i was you know this woman is a genius you know? no no but, quit um, that. so yeah it's true you guys she can read like a 200 page book in a couple of hours mm. she and she retains everything but this book this this review is not about us forgive <laughs> me because i've we've gone away from the hem of his garment we went there to let you know That this is an exceptional read, and we get excited when we have an exceptional read. So thank you so much for bringing an exceptional read to us, the hymn of his garment. Go ahead.
2: I want to get a chance to say, uh, Cheryl Grace says, hi, ladies.
1: Hi.
2: And Daphne Watts says she's loving this dialogue.
1: Oh, thank you, because oh, in my you. mind, I was saying, Joy, reel this in. Y'all have gone off.
2: <laughs> and Jennifer Bosma, who's our next guest, says, So glad to be with you all. Well done on your book,
1: Michelle. Yes, thank you. she did thank a great you. job, Jennifer. And thank you for two. I love it when the authors support mm-hmm. each other, you know. So thank you, Jennifer, for jumping in the stream with us. I want to go back to the cliches. Man, I've got about four or five more pages <laughs> that I can uh, skip around to. But one cliche that you... Wanted to tear down You said This too shall pa- yes. pass Pass um, Means little to no com- Renders Little to no comfort to you And you know we say that I say that a lot This too shall pass When people come to me Don't worry about it This too shall pass But you said And it, it just made me Stop in my tracks This renders Little to no comfort to me Meaning you
3: Right Why? Right Because when you're in the depths of pain Mm -hmm. you want god to take away the pain but there is no guarantee this side of glory that he will and when someone says this too shall pass it's like you're just saying it'll be okay And, and moving on the person who's in pain needs empathy compassion and your presence and that's what jesus did
1: wow that's good. You know, when I read that, I thought about that, and I said, I've got to stop using that, yeah.
3: Because it. Yeah. Well, it's okay when everything. you're talking about your own situation. Yeah. You're allowed to say that about your situation. Don't say that about roses.
4: Thank and roses
3: won't say that about yours because right. it can. It, it's, um, it's a brush off.
4: Mm-hmm. It means
3: I don't have time for you.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah.
3: And yeah. that that induces that secondary pain. Yes, it does. Yes, it does.
1: Mm-hmm. You know we're we're pulling out things notes that Rose and I have made. Thank you. Oh, and I want you to share some of the things that you want your audience to really zone in on the hem of his garment. What was pertinent to you? I mean, it all was. But
2: Before she does, well, let me, Jana says, intimating, implying, or inferring. <laughs> Only Jana would go and and Thank announce you. it to everybody. To
1: everybody. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jana, we love you. (laughs) But um, what are some of the points that really touched you? They were like pivotal to you when writing this.
3: One of the biggest things was, so the book is primarily centered on the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. And the reason she's the central focus is because she experienced the physical pain of the issue with blood, Mm -hmm. emotional pain, what have I done? Relationship pain, because she was ostracized, nobody would have anything to do with her because she was considered unclean. We know she experienced financial pain because scripture says she spent all of her money on doctors and got worse. Mm -hmm. You have to wonder, did she experience spiritual pain? God, I know you can heal. Like, what's taken so long? Secondary pain? Because, don't you know, people in her culture wanted to tell her what she did to cause the issue with blood or what she didn't do. Grief, because she lost her life, her hopes, and her dreams. And in Scripture, when Jesus went to someone, he healed their physical condition. Mm -hmm. When she went to Jesus, he not only healed the physical condition, which is what she sought out, but he also healed her emotionally, relationally, financially, because she could go back to working, spiritually. And when he said, daughter, in that nanosecond, he gave her her worth and her identity back. Mm. And when he said, go in peace, he gave her a future and a hope. And the healing he gave in that brief encounter was so much more than she asked or imagined would happen. And that's what happens when we seek out Jesus. Yes. He always has so much more than,
4: than what, we're, than looking what we're looking
3: for. Yeah. yeah, But we have to surrender how and when. And because of what she went through, we have a story to hold on to so that we have hope. And none of that would have happened to her had she not experienced pain and suffering. So I would say she got several gifts in that encounter yes, because of her pain that she wouldn't have gotten any other way.
2: So true.
3: Jennifer Bosma says, I love learning new
2: words. (laughs) 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 And Jana Lewis Perez says, yes, to have empathy is to show compassion and understanding for something, although you may not fully understand because you have not experienced the situation.
3: Yes. yes Yes. and even if you have experienced a similar situation no two cancer patients experience exactly the same no two people who go through a divorce have exactly the same feelings or situations so empathy allows us to come into someone's suffering with an appreciation even though it's going to be a little bit different Mm -hmm.
1: awesome well I knew this would happen we'll be Far out of town, time before we were able to get through half of our notes, and I'm sure you're the same way, right, Rose? Yeah, you still have got a several pages. pages, so that only <laughs> means that Michelle is going to have to. Dr. Michelle will be back sometime <laughs> before the end of the season because there's so much. I want to encourage you, really, just to to bless yourself or to bless someone else with the hem of his garment. Visit us at joyandcompany.org to get a copy of this book follow uh dr bankston's um podcast and if you're not a friend of hers on e what is that facebook which well, she already has thousands and thousands <laughs> 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 but she can always use some more because you will be so blessed by the her blogs the posts that she makes in this book is a game changer yes so do that, pick it up, give yourself a treat, give yourself a treat Dr. Michelle, you know we love you so much I can't thank you enough for coming and uh, sharing this just awesome work with us thank you. It, it, it's it always fun it to be in
3: the fishbowl with you yeah.
1: yeah. listen guys, I would tell you to go get a drink or something and come back because we've got another show in about 5 minutes but I want you to stick around and listen to this song, it's about touching the hem of his garment and we'll be back in a few minutes with our second hour Thank you for listening. Our purpose is to promote and support Christian literature. If you're an author, contact us at joyandcompany.org. We'd love to be in the
5: midst of your company. And by the way, what are you reading?
0: Bible days She had been sick for So very long When she heard that my Jesus He was passing by So she ran to join The gathering throng Was pushing her way through Oh somebody asked her woman what are you trying to do? She said if I could just touch the precious hymn of his garment Then I know I would be made whole. Joy and company featuring conversations with best-selling authors as well as the hottest reviews with the authors you choose we're inspiring the world through Christian literature stay logged on we'd like to know what are you reading
1: hello to those of you who were with us in the first hour welcome back and those of you joining us for the first time this evening a warm Hello to you. It is marvelous Monday and we're doing our second hour right now. We're at the top of the second hour and you're tuned in to the Review with Joy and Company where we bring you insightful conversations with authors of faith-based literature. We provide a platform for writers who seek to enrich their readers with their work. So if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, Mm -hmm or simply a really good read, stay connected to us here on The Review, and discover the transformative power of faith-based literature. As always, we want to do a warm shout-out to the crew here at Fishbowl Studios. They power our show, and a big hello again to Victor, who's doing a great job tonight with us as our producer. Also want to say hello again to Rose Lewis. Good evening. And a big shout out to Rosemary LeGrand. She'll be back soon in studio with us, so we're looking forward to that. You know, um, Jeremiah 29 tells us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is a favorite scripture for many people, and our author tonight took this scripture and made it the foundation point or the slab that whole concrete base for her children's book. She did a wonderful job. In this hour we visit with a wonderful children's author Jennifer Basma. We uh we met Jennifer when she did her first book, The Baby Guard. Yes, which debuted in uh was it 2019? Are you going to make me think like that? Well, we'll ask her later. Okay, I won't make you think like that. Well, we're simply thrilled to sit with her once again. Jennifer actually taught elementary school for 23 years, touching the hearts and lives of hundreds of students. She has a passion for sharing God's word and his promises to children and their parents. She currently works in m- women's ministry and has a very active blog for mentoring young moms. Her new book, I Know the Plans, is a must have gift for every young mom, or new mom, every pregnant woman. It gives me great pleasure to say, Jennifer, once again, welcome to The Review. Hello, ladies. How is everyone doing? You're
5: doing great, Jennifer. And yourself? Oh, it's so great to be back. I was here at the technology here, and I was hoping we're all good, so I'm so glad you can hear me. Can, can we see each other or no?
2: Uh, you would have to be on Facebook to see us so you can see us later. Because oh, good, if so you good. look at it now, it might bleed over or
4: something. Oh, god. Unless it. you turn good, the good, good.
5: Down. Well, great. Well, yeah. I am so glad. Thank you again for having me. It's been a couple years. It has been 2019 with the baby garden. And oh. this book, I know the plans, as, has just been a blessing. I brought my copy here, and it's been really fun. I know I mailed some to you guys as well. Oh, yeah.
1: Thank you for jumping in the stream with us the first time hour That really blessed us, and hmm. I you know what jennifer i 'm so excited about this book you did. I know the plans uh tell us and tell our audience about the book what 's it all
5: about i sure will it's a it's a really a cool story because when I, when my first granddaughter was born, I was sitting and in, in holding her. She had just gotten home from the hospital and I'm holding her and I'm like, oh, I'm a past teacher. I have to be able to read her something like that's You know, we read a book every day. As a teacher, you read books every day. Yes. And I'm like, well, which book am I? You know, she's an infant. She was just home from the hospital. I'm like, which book am I gonna read her? So I'm looking at the, you know, bring a book instead of a card that you get from the shower. She had a bunch of books. And, you know, we had the Hop and Pop, we had the classics, you know, Good Night Moon. We had all those there. And I'm like, I need to read her. This is her first book. And in my mind as a teacher, I'm like, I got to get a good one. You know, I got like, this is a moment, a grandma moment. Yes. And um, and I was sitting there, I'm like, which book? And then I eventually picked up a children's Bible. And, you know, it had little stories and we were reading. I'm like, well, this is good. You know, I, at least the first book is a Bible. But that is where the idea of I Know the Plans came out because, I wanted to write a book with all the scriptures that I had prayed over my own three daughters. And I thought, I have so many scriptures that, you know, I was, when I was a young mom, I was so busy. So to sit and memorize scriptures didn't happen, but I memorized them by over time when, you know, you'd pray for them at night and you'd you'd get some go-to scriptures and through the years they built. And I'm like, I want to with all those scriptures in because the power of scripture over our children is is just the best gift we can give them. Oh yes, yes. You know, having hearing the word and then they hear it and they know the power behind it. And there's so much power in scripture. So that's where the idea came to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, just wrote down all those favorite scriptures. And I'm like, this is this is the workings of the next book. And I I love you know with Michelle's interview before, you know, all authors and we all rally around each other. We all go to those points of how do you get your inspiration? Yes. So that was really, really cool. And then I wrote all the scriptures down and then I thought, well, what would God say to my granddaughter at this point? And then so I said, welcome to this world, sweet child of mine. I have many plans for you to shine each day. You'll learn and grow with me and you'll live more joyfully. But that the rhyme didn't come till later. So, I wrote down all the ideas of what I wanted God to say to the baby, and then he and then, as a teacher, you know how kids love rhyme,
4: yeah, and they love
5: filling in the the rhyming words. And then it just came to me to have the rhyming words. I'm like, whoa, kids love this. So that's a little brief, little kind of summary and how it started. So the
1: book actually really brought, brought out the poet in you, right?
5: (laughs) You know, and it's funny when I was teaching school, I I was like, I never viewed myself as a poet, you know, and, and now it's gotten to be kind of like a thing. And I, I just, it just came and I, it was one of those moments that I just really felt the Spirit of God on that because it was never intended to be in rhyme. And then I'm sitting here counting syllables and then, you know, to give a message and have it be in rhyme, it it was definitely just a God thing. You know, Jennifer, I like how you
1: said how children really like rhyme, but Mm -hmm. I have to confess, I I am a rhythm and rhyme person. I am a rhythm and rhyme reader. It's got to, even when I'm reading a novel, there's got to be a rhythm in it for me. You know, I I read in rhythm and rhyme, so I I love it. And we, we're we in a world today of spoken word where if you go to poetry slams or if you go mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, just different uh, places where they, there may be a poet, rhyme is no longer important. And non, well, I don't want to say it's in, not important. That's not true. But it, it's, it doesn't seem to be on the top of the poetic uh, scene anymore. And I always look for it because oh. even at this point in my life, I, I love the rhyme, you know. So uh, it appeals to some adults too.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, and it's cute when I read it to my granddaughters. They're, I mean, they're four and two, and I'll read the first line and then I'll stop at the second rhyming, and then my granddaughter will say it. I'm like, oh, this is great. So um, that's been a really fun thing to have her fill in the blanks and get it, and that's how they it helps with their reading too. Yes, so, it does. That's been a really fun thing, Rose. But yeah, yeah. that's how it started.
2: I want to know if the silkiness of the pages was intentional because they remind you of the softness of a baby. That's a good I question. I
5: love that. I have, you know, the pictures. Yeah, the The pages are really silky. And actually, those pages, the books I sent to you, were directly that that my publisher sent to me that I purchased from them for for author visits and um, just for when I go to boutiques. You know, I can sell, but those are from my publishers. Um, publishing areas. And they have a certain um, print that they go to. And a lot of the other ones, you know, Amazon will do them print on demand and stuff, but these are from their publishing, my publisher, Ambassador International did it. So thank you for that. Some of them are more papery, but you just never know wherever you order it and how they get it to you from their warehouse.
1: Well, I think it's an important touch. I'm so glad you brought that out, Rose, because in a children's, with children, everything that's tangible, when you're looking at a children's book, when you're doing a mm-hmm. children's book, you have to think about uh, tangibility, you know? And right. so the touch, that's that's tangible. So that's important mm-hmm. in uh, a children's book. So a great point to make because... And, it, and the, the book feels wonderful, you guys. And the illustrations oh. are great. So oh. yeah, when
2: a kid goes and... and and touches and points at the pages. Uh-huh. They're gonna feel that silkiness. Yes, yes. It's
1: it's a very it's a very beautiful book. It is appealing, and uh-huh. it 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 should be. You know, other than that, that Bible. Like Jennifer just said, uh-huh. she was uh-huh. wanting to create something to be that first book, you know, and now I think uh, they tell parents, you know, read to your child while they're still in your tummy before mm-hmm. they're after, actually birth. And while I was reading your book, Jennifer, I was thinking, oh, this would be a really cute book for a pregnant mom to read to her tummy while her baby is still incubating, I guess. Yeah, oh, I in love that. Yeah. Because it is important to, read, and I think it makes a difference. When you read oh, yes. and talk to your child, you know, y- mm-hmm. you guys know I have tons of nieces and nephews, so mm-hmm. I think it's important when um, the parents read to that child, when they're in, 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 and refer to that child that they're carrying as
5: a human being and, and interacts with it, you know, right. absolutely, oh, and they know so their cool. mama's voice, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that is what I told actually today. Um, there's a a nurse practitioner that I work with at the um, pregnancy center where I volunteer and she's, she's about eight months pregnant and I gave her a book and because it's great for when you go to the baby shower and they say, bring a book instead of a card. And especially if there's Christian women there, it's just been such a blessing over them. And I told her that same thing today. I said, you know, There's never one time, like you don't start reading at four months or five months. You start reading a book day one because they get that. They get used to the sound and the words. And and that is when then it's just always a natural thing for them to read books. So I tell parents that all the time to read from the very beginning. And, and,
1: and, um, And you mean like from the beginning of the pregnancy, right?
5: Well, no, I mean... Well, that's great but I say as soon as that baby you know because they're always hearing your voice and the Uh baby is going to draw to that mama's voice I've seen so many um just videos heartfelt videos when the baby's born and they're holding the baby and then the baby's crying and they just hear the mama's voice and just stop and singing um and I sang a lot when I was pregnant for my oldest daughter I was in a praise and worship band and um and she whenever I hear this song that I would sing. I told her the other day, I'm like, hear this song? This is what I sang for you when I was pregnant. And she goes, oh my gosh, I love this song, mom. Aww. And so they do hear that. So yeah. even from the get-go, when that baby is born, first day home from the hospital, start the actual reading of the books and the turning of the pages because that's how they get a glove for reading. That's so beautiful. That, yes.
2: Yeah. Now, well, no. go ahead,
5: go ahead.
2: You centered it around Jeremiah 29:11, but, Beyond that, what was your favorite scripture to captivate for the book? Um,
5: Psalm 23. Surely oh. goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh. What a powerful scripture. Yes, yes. that is a powerful scripture. I just scripture. love that. And then I had to include the Psalm 91, um, because that is like when people are scared or, or worried or worried about love, and you just pray Psalm 91 over them. And that was especially with raising kids and, and you know, when wherever if they go out the first time driving or their first day of school or whatever, you know, Psalm 91 is such a strong, strong scripture. It is. Yes. Um, and, and the, I know that Jeremiah 29, 11 is just, you know, a really strong one. And there's a, there's a scripture in there that people are like, why did you include Luke two fifty two? And that's the scripture where it's, and good, um, it's, it's, it's when Mary spoke that over Jesus when he was in the temple and he was 12 and also in Samuel one twenty six. They spoke it, um, Samuel's mother spoke it over him when he was a um, little baby. And it's on the little page, I don't know if you can see it, with the with the pandas. Yeah. And Jesus increased yeah. in wisdom, stature, strength, and spirit in favor of God and man. And that is a scripture that I have prayed over my husband. I have prayed over my children. And it was modeled when Mary prayed over Jesus. And it is a powerful scripture. And it's almost like a one line. It's one of those, like, I don't wanna say, it's just this one line, little line in the book that uh, one of my mentors, Beth Bennett, and she's mentioned on the back when we were young moms, she told me that, and she goes, you pray over that your husband, you pray that over your family for the, the favor on them. and. And i've prayed that and it's been a blessing so i wanted to include that one as well and of course um romans 12 2 do not be conformed to this, worm, before to this world. before you get to
1: romans 12 2 i would like you to repeat Luke 2 52 because that's beautiful what you just said and and people and i want to make a point after that and then rose
5: has- absolutely let me get to it now yeah, read pain. that again and for this, our audience and- And this is the line that says, be strong and courageous year after year, your blessings will show you that I am near. Oh, yes. And and now this scripture, we use the ESV and the NIV versions for um, both of them, for copyright rules, we had to split it. So it rolls off my tongue. I was raised with the new King James. So I, I sometimes pull off the new King James version, but here it's, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, Luke 2.52. So it's a great it's a great if you look in your um you know, your your Bible, you'll see um, if that's where it goes, I think one Samuel twenty six when Samuel's mom prayed over him and Mary prayed over Jesus. Yes. Cool.
1: Good
2: point, Rose. When I when I look at Luke two fifty two and I read mm-hmm. it the way you have it in the book, and be strong and courageous, year after year your blessings will show you that I am near. It takes me back to our last show, the hem of his garment.
1: Oh, because Uh, he's always there. He never leaves you, he's always there. That's good. Always. Yeah. Two very impertinent books. And if you guys are tuning in and listening to us tonight, you are tuned in to the Review with Joy and Company. We're excited about the book that we're talking about because, you know, it's in the children's category. It's a children's book, and I love children's books. So mm-hmm. visit us at joyandcompany.org to get your copy of Jennifer Bosma's book, I Know the Plans. This is a beautiful book, you guys. It, it's it's pretty, and like Rose pointed out earlier, the pages are so smooth and they're kind of like silky, like yeah, you know, they are. Like, it's just, I just really I a loved great it. experience. When I was reading. I just was rubbing on the
2: pages. Yes,
1: <laughs> and, and and it's so I, funny that you said that and you brought this point out because I was on Facebook sometime earlier today, and um, there was a post there, Jennifer, that was talking about um i think it gave seven reasons why we should read the actual book instead of uh ebooks or audiobooks. and don't get me wrong i do both i do audiobooks a lot i do ebooks but there is nothing like the feel of a good book I'm in just- your hand you know, mm-hmm. and so, when I really want to get something read and understanding, and uh, one of the seven things that it's an advantage of reading the actual book is that you retain the information better and longer Wow and, and they that. research that you know oh, that's, so yeah that's it, interesting. and it's seven different points of yeah. the advantages of reading and holding that actual actual mm-hmm. book. And also, it's important for children to experience holding and the book and flipping I the think. pages. It teaches them to read much more um, effectively. So and, don't do away with the hard books. I know we're in the world well. of IT and everything. But right. even for me as an adult, theres I love to smell a good book. Right.
5: <laughs> I, just, right. I can just sit down and go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This I'm with is you. And one. the whole electronic thing, like if, when I'm on a, I always just buy hard copy books because I just love turning the pages. And yeah. especially if you're flying on a plane, you don't have to worry about turning your electronic down. You can fly at takeoff. You know, it's just really, and I think, the whole electronics, if you can do something without electronics, so so many kids are so into their computer, their iPad or whatever, just holding that book is, mm-hmm. is so huge and I wanted. I'm so glad y'all like the pictures, I wanted to give out a shout out to my illustrator Beth Snyder, she is amazing and I don't know if you noticed it, there's some, um, we really chose, we were, when we were when we were talking about this book and the illustrations, I know I did a lot with habitats with my grandchildren and they love habitats, they love animals and kids love animals. I mean, who doesn't? It's so fun to talk about all the different habitats they live in. And um, so when we talked about that, it, it just is great because it reaches all people groups and the book reaches. And when I go on author visits, we do the continent song. The only continent not represented is Antarctica. And then so I give them the fun fact that there's no polar bears in Antarctica. There's only polar bears in the North Pole. And there's no penguins in the North Pole, and they're only in the South Pole. So we dance, we sing the continent song. So we've got the um, the pandas of Asia. We've got the lions in Africa. We have the toucan in South America. We have a lot, We I like to say the foxes from um, Europe because they do the, um, you know, the um, super cow, and Mary Poppins is, they go on a fox hunt. So I do my British accent and um but we have and we have the coyotes in north america and the bison and we and the, the i like the coyote she's cute she's like the single mom because she's the coyote and then we all howl so it really i wanted to get something that all kids love and kids love animals so we definitely included the the pandas of asia because my doc my granddaughter was really into pandas at the time um and then the and then the, the, it's funny i don't know if you can see but the um the whale page I asked my illustrator, what is your favorite page? And mm-hmm. and she said, This whale page. And she even has the little the little baby whale swimming upside down.
4: Mm-hmm. And I like
5: mm-hmm. that she did a rainbow, a muted, beautiful rainbow of God's promise on every page. And it's somewhere. So if you look through the book, you'll see that there's a muted rainbow of God's promises. That you know, his original reason for the rainbow was that he would never flood the earth again. Mm-hmm. So we have so much intertwined with this, with my, my illustrator, like I said, I just, she's just fantastic. And then we go ahead and, and we bring all the animals in. I go and we talk about the characters in the book and, and we talk about the setting of the book. And um, and it's funny, every book has a little, little nuances of the author. And it was real important for the habitat for me to have an owl and a, and a bunny on the same page. And it's because, you know, well, you know, as grandparents, our grandkids are just the coolest and the most wonderful, but my granddaughter's kind of like animal that she loves and swooped down on my son-in-law before she was born was an owl. So that's why the owl's in the cover. And then um, my other little girl is, uh, she's sunny, so sunny bunny. And so there's a sunshine on the cover. So it's fun to kind of like weave in those little personality things in your book and and that's what we did with i know the plan so okay jennifer um you got my (laughs) head
1: spinning here girl Okay. And, and it's because I'm, I'm wanting a study guide to go with this book. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're explaining about the, um, the different animals from the different continents and how they relate to them, but I'm not seeing that in the book, and I'm like, well, is there a study guide to go with it? Because I think every parent that reads this book should know the background with these and, and not just wait for you to tell it to them when you're s- sitting in a group.
5: Oh, I love that. Yes, do do this is offer? so cool. This is history. Yes, it, yes, it's so fun, and I just love <clears throat> it that everybody can relate to it.
1: You and, know, and and I'm and then, loving this the, the the background information that you're giving me. And I didn't know it. So I'm learning stuff as you're speaking to me. And I'm thinking, I'm flipping through the pages. And I'm like, where does she say that in the book? You know, maybe there's a study guide. (laughs) There needs to be a study Uh, guide to go with. This is a great job, a beautiful, beautiful book. I love the rhythm and rhyme in it. And I'm going to let you go ahead and, I know you got a point to make. Go ahead.
2: Well, I'm going to say hello to some people. And then I'm going to go back to the book. Stella Alexander says, hello, ladies. I'm back. Hi. Welcome back. Linda Vargas says, love this book. Absolutely so good to start reading to your baby while in the womb.
1: Yes. Yes, Linda, that is so true. And love this book is great. You will, guys, you will love this book. If you've got new babies coming into your family, please give the mom a copy of this book because it's a wonderful book. I love it. It's so pretty. Go ahead, Rose. And Lori Richter says, love this
2: book. I love giving this book at showers. Awesome.
5: Thank you, friends. (laughs) And I'm going to have to
2: reach out to you, Jennifer, because I have two newborns in my family. One was born in July and one was born in September, July 4th and September 10th.
5: Wow. And I um, want
2: them to it. have the silky pages. so <laughs> I'll have nope. to reach okay. out to you, got, so I've got I can get
5: three hundred more coming. So I can, I will send them and sign them to you personally. Yes, oh, great, great. Yes, in
2: fact, I'll, I'll message you and give you their names too. Oh
5: yes.
2: Now Sounds I have a question about. I think this is the bison. Bison.
5: The bison. 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 Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. How
2: are the birds sitting on him?
5: Wait, well you know to they do parents. that the do wild, they really the that was in to the reason why the bison me. is in there is my son-in-law works for regenera he works for force of nature which is regenerative agriculture uh-huh. and they're based out of um, well they're in Fredericksburg where they are in Austin and the bison have little birds that ride on them and mm. so my granddaughters have been to a bison ranches a lot all regenerative um, at the um, Rome Ranch out there and they do have the bison they have little birds on them it's so fun Oh, wow. wow. That was interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I just love the coyotes. Like, look at them howling. And, I, you know, this is something this scripture iron sharpens iron, and one man yes. sharpens another. Aren't we all telling our teenagers this? Like, you know, so you can read this. When they're older, and you can read this, it kind of goes at all times. And one of my friends, um, my newly adopted grandnephew, um, they brought it in the NICU when he was born early, and they were the nurses and the doctors were signing in it, almost like, you know, all the, you know, I know the plans, and they were writing little messages to the little baby in the NICU. But I just love this one because we all tell our kid, our teenagers, you know, pick friends wisely. <laughs> scripture,
2: <laughs> and this is perfect for for even adults. Some friends will come and some will go. From all of them, you'll learn to grow. Yes, Choose them wisely. Hold them tight. Always radiate my
1: light. That's good. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm with you, uh, Jennifer. I love the howling coyotes, too. I really do. But I'm going to tell you, the thing that I really, really love about this book is that it's not just a children's book it's definitely a parent book because we live in a world of affirmations and everywhere you go we're talking about you know you have to have positive affirmations we teaching our children now to have positive affirmations every morning before they go out to school and this book gives that parent scripture To build on as not only when their child is born and for this to be a children's book, but these scriptures are foundational scriptures that you can turn into affirmations and you can speak these scriptures over your children's life as they become, you know, toddlers as they go to school, as they become, you know, juniors in, in that pre-tween, that tween, those tween, tween oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are a whole lot of words we can use to describe those tweens. And then in those, uh, you know, teenage years that we are excited about, but they can really give us blues sometimes. These right. scriptures, if you start speaking these scriptures over these your children when they come into the world, and then mm-hmm. seventeen years later, now you 've spoken these scriptures so much to them that they say them automatically, mm-hmm. they know right. them, and what happens is they become them, you know mm-hmm. they will become so it, listen this book is its dual purpose it 's not just beautiful <laughs> and and cute with the rhymes and entertaining for your children, but it is a great tool for you as a parent to oh, help you speak and teach your children how to confess and the power of the tongue over their lives. Oh, it's yeah. just amazing work that you did with this. I love the concept. Oh, uh,
5: thank you. And you know, it's, it's been my privilege to go and talk to mops, like moms of preschoolers and uh-huh. doing a lot of preschool ministry. and. There's a, a, a local here in Atlanta. Um, there's a group called Moms with Swords, and it's a bunch of it's a huge organization with a bunch of moms. And with Joy lagana Chambly is the um, is the she's the one who runs it. She's amazing, and she has these women come that are just like just cleaving on anything she says, raising kids. Yeah. And, and she, and I was a speaker there and it talked about the power of scripture and I had a line. It was like the, I, the book had just come out and it was fun because it's also like, I didn't really realize this, but it's got a bunny on front. So it was really big for Easter too, because it's a great little Easter book. You, know, yes. you put in the Easter basket, but to share that with, um, with the moms about, you know we all know the good night moon and like we it's like good night comb, good night brush good night nobody good night mush but what are we saying like let's pray let's speak a scripture over our child versus just like a just just rhyme that's just faith you know, basically saying good night so if we can impart scripture in the parents and the children's hearts and minds yes you said This is going to take them in that dark day of college when they're sad or they're going to remember, you know, a certain scripture and then it's going to become memorization scripture. It's just going to roll off their tongue. And that's what we want as parents for them to cleave to the word. Yes. Yes.
2: Lori Richter. Put it perfectly. She says, "As I read this book, it gives the reader and the listeners hope in the promises of God." Oh, that is a perfect quote. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful.
1: Thank you for sharing that with us, Lori. That is beautiful, and that is a great connecting point for this book. Wonderful. uh, Each page is filled with a beautiful affirming um, poem that you can recite to your children. You know, when my sister had her first daughter. She used to sing, she took a, a song that she liked and she changed the words so it could fit her daughter in her daughter's name. And she would sing that song to her daughter like all day, every day. I got tired hearing it at one point. <laughs> but to this day, that daughter is in her 50s and Aww. she relates to that song. And not long ago in a conversation, I brought that song to one of my nieces who just had a baby and was showing how my sister cultivated her daughter with that song. And you've given new moms and dads a whole book of wonderful things that they can cultivate. And I I made that point. I said that to make the point that they remember them because my niece is in her 50s and she remembers her mom Aww. singing that song to her, you know? So cool. Cool way to start traditions and what have you. I want to go back to this wonderful illustrator of yours, Jennifer. Did um, we, And you did talk a bit about her and gave her some props earlier. My question for you is,
5: um, was Beth
1: the illustrator in your first book also? No,
5: Winda was my illustrator in the first book. Winda Sakamanyando, she had a very long, she's actually from Indonesia. I thought and so. So when I, I, my publisher was very nice about like, if you know of a, a an illustrator who, you know, bring him to me. So um, I brought, I talked to a friend of, actually it was a student, one of the students' moms. She was an artist, amazing woman. And I said, you know, my, my publisher, Ambassador International, will, talk to an illustrator. And so she didn't have the time, but she's like, oh, you just need to call Beth Snyder. I love her work. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. So I thought they were buddies. So I just call her. Up. I'm like, hey, Beth, my friend Melody told me to call you. And she's like, oh, I don't know her, but that's nice of her. So we just started <laughs> chatting. And it was great because she's amazing. She's done some big publishers. She's done, Beth is just, and we got to meet. We did our first first author illustrator signing in Kansas City right after the Chiefs won. I went to Kansas City. We met. I stayed at her house. And we did a bunch of schools locally for author and illustrator, and we had never met before. But she just did. We talked, and we both could visualize animals. And I said, you know, I and she knew my heart. She knew that what I how I wanted to share the scriptures, and she had a little bit of a lull in her schedule. And, and I said, talk to my publisher. And I said, and you know, keep me in mind, like don't just say no if they don't, you know, sometimes publishers don't wanna, you know, pay you what they should get paid. Um, I said, let's just keep in contact. So she had a little bit of time and she really believed in the book and she had the vision like I did. And she just did, you know, huge favors by by agreeing to come and be my illustrator. And so we worked it out and talked and, and, you know, now I'm working on book three right now and, and she is definitely my um, go-to for that. So stay tuned.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jennifer, you know, so many times, um, I get questions from new authors and, and seasoned authors also, uh, do you know, um, what is the process I should go through to get a good illustrator for my book. Uh, Children's books are becoming more and more popular now and even some um, young adult and adult books, people are putting illustrations in those. It's trending toward that a little bit now also. So I get that question, how do I go about finding a good illustrator? What do, uh, how do I how do I say this how do I get them to see my vision for the book so could you speak to our audience and share some of your tips of what were some of the questions you uh brought to the table when you met with Beth and how did you relate your uh intentions for the illustrations to her how did you guys come to that uh agreement page on these illustrations because both of your books were wonderfully illustrated.
5: Thank you. Yes. Well, that like since really, I think if I was talking to another author who is looking to illustrate their books, I would say definitely use um, your social media to search. Like you can you can do hashtag children's authors. So really, kind of start like looking, and there's so much. They always put their work on like on Instagram. I'm front parking spot, like you know, front parking spot of a car, front parking spot on Instagram. And so you can really kind of preview their right their illustrations on social media. So that is a great way. Also, pick up other books like Winda is great. Winda is she was my first illustrator. Um, she's from Indonesia. And when you have um, illustrators from other countries, then you have a lot of options with that. Um, that is there's a website called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. And that is a, a like a collection, of all kinds of illustrators of all different price points and all different, you can kind of see like what they draw, if they're more like um, indie or if they're more um, kind of futuristic or, or scientific, you can kind of see like how they draw and they have samples and you can hire them that way. I have heard, you know, you have to do that very carefully because it is through the internet and you really have to kind of, you know, I have heard of situations that didn't work as well because it's worldwide, it's internet. Um, but I do know people get that, go that way, and and Winda, um, Winda also she was um, she's on that as well. So you can get some good illustrators that way. But other than that, I would go to bookstores. I would look at the bookstores, um, the illustrators. Like look at a book, find a book you like, look through the pictures, and if you like that, the illustrator's name, write it down most likely they'll have social media you can find them or most likely they'll have a website go and just um you know reach out to them Uh, illustrators are quite expensive so there's lots of different price points so you would really want to kind of establish like what you're willing to pay for that illustrator um but you know it's just like when when you find a good one that really makes the book you know you have to really kind of think to prep, to publish a book that costs money unless you have a full on traditional publisher um and then that, then they come to you and that's a little bit more challenging um to go that route and they line up the illustrator for you but those are some ways i would suggest to at least get started
1: Well those were some excellent points. Thank you for oh, sharing.
5: Especially the
1: the part you shared about going to a bookstore. Thank you for that, mm-hmm. Rose. Yes. Uh, and I want to apologize because I'm probably lagging behind uh, and may
2: be out of context with what your comments. Coretta Let's Turney says, hi, ladies, just joining in.
1: Hi, thanks for jumping in.
2: Michelle Bankston says, that's my favorite verse. And I'm not sure where. I couldn't jump in to let you know which one that was. Oh, But okay. I would guess it's Jeremiah 2911. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh. Lori says, Yes, agree. Keep reminding your children these scriptures are life giving.
1: Oh, thank you for that.
2: And mm-hmm. Iris Lewis says, That's great, Miss Jennifer. I love the affirmations related to scripture. Such a wonderful way to enlighten our children. Yes, it is. Thank and, you all. And Coretta Turner says, Yes, speaking the word over your child so that it becomes personal to them Mm -hmm. as they age and in time they speak that word back to you oh powerful thank you for coretta coretta and iris and uh michelle said so important to teach our children how to stand on the truth of god's word yes right
5: michelle
1: yes Mm Thank you guys for jumping in the stream with us this evening and making this an interactive show. We really appreciate your comments. Any more? I was trying to give you time to find it. Iris Lewis says, thanks for the wonderful
2: tips on choosing an illustrator. Yes. Yes. Awesome.
1: Well,
5: other authors, we want to help each other. Like reach out to me. Like a lot of people find me on front parking spot. I love helping other authors and supporting other authors and being on launch, you know, this is my launch party and, and being on a launch team because we all have been there and and then and then I get to read I buy their books and, and read them and um we all like that and ask other authors because people have been through it and we want to help other authors and illustrators get started. So highly you keep that in the top of your mind to ask for help.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for giving that invitation. Please Absolutely. share with our audience how they can reach you directly, you know, your your website or your oh, email, whatever. Yes. Share that.
5: Well, my website, and I blog for women. Um, this is my passion. You know, when I'm not writing, you know, I, I just did a blog on seven ways we can pray. Busy moms can pray on a busy day, like what you can do during the day real quick to pray quickly and keep the Lord in the front of your mind, um, my my website's jenniferbosma.com. All www.jenniferbosma.com. I have my whole blog, where to buy the books, um, and Amazon, Barnes and Noble sells them. Um, and also I have on my blogs up there to really mentor to women. So we have a one minute mama, which is a quick read for mamas. And that's the one I just wrote this past weekend about the seven ways we can pray in a busy day. And then I have my front parking spot, which is also my Instagram from parking spot, Um, because those are my really big mentoring takeaways that I learned from the pillars of faith, Tony Evans. And Priscilla Shire and those are my go-to and um, and Beth Moore and my local, my local wonderful, strong women that I listen to, um, Beth Bennett and Joy Chambley, who I mentioned earlier. Um, we can learn so many things from other women that are our mentors. Um, so yeah, definitely. But oh yeah, so Jennifer come from parking spot is my Instagram as well. And, you know, and another thing I'm speaking for myself and Michelle, who was on earlier and all authors, the best thing that you can do for an author is to review their book. If you love their book, go ahead and review it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you don't have to buy it from Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can just go on there, you know, and... You, know, you can get it from an independent bookstore or from me or from anyone and, and just go ahead and give it a review. Um, it's really helpful and it helps other people know what your book is about and why those people bought it and how it can maybe help them. So reviews, you know, even like Michelle who was just on, um, you know, review her book and just write that up. It's really helpful.
1: Good. Thank you. That's great info. Well, guys, you're still tuned into the review with Joy and Company. And this hour, we've been visiting with Jennifer Bosma. We're talking about her new children's book. I know the plans. And we are raving about not only the contents, but the beauty of the book and the feel of the book as for Aww. Rose <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> I love, I love that, <laughs> So that's I important. That's important, you know. So visit yeah. us at joyandcompany.org to get your copy of I Know the Plans. And I'm telling you, you guys, uh, Jennifer and Rose, you shared something with me just now that I didn't know, that oh. uh, people are at baby showers. It is trending for you. They'll say, bring a book. Yes, I didn't that. know that.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, a so people are having book to to baby showers baby now. Yeah. They want you to bring a book, whatever gift you give, but rather than buying a card, bring a book so that they can yeah. establish the baby's library.
1: Ah, oh, mm-hmm. this, see, this is my first hearing that, of that, you know. And yes. so the, now, now here's my question, for real okay. now. Do they want you to bring this book at the gender reveal party or at the baby shower party. Cause you know what? I'm, li- I'm blown away by this whole gender reveal thing. The so baby, shower. Yeah. The baby <laughs> shower. Okay. Yeah. I have to specify cause I, I've been being invited at my last set of nieces and nephews that were born. There was the baby reveal and right. uh, the first one I was like, well, what's that? What, what do you mean the baby reveal? So they reveal, have the reveal party to reveal the sex of the baby. Right. I'm ready. dating myself.
5: <laughs> they are a big to do these days, and there's all kinds of different ones. Um, my daughter, my third daughter, is expecting her third, and, and they're not going to find out. I, I love that. I'm like, let's just be surprised. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would say baby reveal, baby showers, the first when the baby comes, the first, you know, a gift anytime, you know, because it doesn't matter girl or boy or anything. It's just yeah. you know if you want to bring a gift, bring. I know the plans because you're declaring that. You're going to speak scripture over the sweet baby and they're going to grow to be on God's team and and, and be blessed by these scriptures for their whole life. So. Yeah, yes.
1: That's really, really cool. Got another question for you, Jennifer, regarding sure. the book. Um, what insights or messages would you like your parents, your readers to take away when they read? I know the plans.
5: I want them to know that god is a relational god Mm -hmm. and he wants them to have a relationship with them he does not need the religion he does religion you know that's just empty but he wants relationship and we can grow closer in our relationship through going to our chosen church of of religion whether it's catholic methodist baptist non-denominational yeah but i think so many people talk about i don't like religion well, you know, religion is just a bunch of rules, man-made rules. Let's just go for the relationship. Amen. And wherever you can grow, the church that you're supposed to be in is the one that teaches the Bible and that builds a, and lets you know that you can have a personal relationship with the God, with your God, God of the universe, the Lord, Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit. And they are there for you. And so that's what I would really, I want people to know. And, you know, And like the Romans 12, the last line in the book, the last page, and this is God speaking to a baby. So this is where it's relational. Now live a good life. Be strong and be kind. Do not let the world take over your mind. Mm -hmm. I'm with you day after day. Relationship there. So look to me to show you the way. And that's Romans 12, too, about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And the scripture goes on. Well, no, read, read the whole scripture. Don't cut I us have, short. I know. I know. I stopped. I'm like, wait, no, I have to keep going. No, that's read my, the whole thing. You may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Yes. Yes. God, start to finish. And he's not caught up in religion. He wants to be in relationship with you.
1: Amen. That's beautiful. And every page, guys, is filled with um that sweet little rhyme, uh, strong affirmation for your child to grow on, and the scripture to support that affirmation, to build a life of security in Christ with your child. And the Amen. sooner you start building that, the sooner you lay those foundations for them, it's like this last page says, do not let the world take over your mind that happens when we don't equip our children with a strong enough foundation to to stand firm against the the ways of the enemy so you know wow it covers a lot jennifer (laughs) uh, i think we've got time for one more question rose do you have anything no no. Okay. Well, uh-huh. it's my turn again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Aww, y'all, what the sweetest
5: lady! <laughs> I just love y'all. I can't wait to see you again. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know. Oh. I'm
1: looking forward to seeing you again too. I was so excited when I got the message that you had a new book to submit, and Rose was saying, "You know, Jennifer, the the, the garden baby lady." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yes, I do know. Oh, I'm excited." But I want to know, what issues do you find? I know you work a lot with young women and young mothers. Um, what issues are you finding with young and new moms? What are they having issues with, with sharing God with their new babies,
5: if any? You know, I, I think most women are just so busy, you know, and uh, so many of them, you know, money could be tight. Or you know they their their husbands or you know maybe especially in the pregnancy center a lot of people are married a lot of them aren't um, right now they're just trying to you know put food on the table and they're trying to just do the best i can especially if they're a working mom to be a good working mom and to be a mom and to take care of the home and do all the other things. And that is why in my blog post i wrote how to how to you know sing and do praise music. And i remember you were talking about that with Michelle earlier like when you're in a funny mood or if your kids are acting up just put praise music on. So i think what's holding them up is they get they think to have a relationship with the lord is like this huge encompassing thing. You know, it can be as quick as I love this If you see a time on the clock um like like 9 11. okay the 9 11 i say that because it's my husband's birthday but you know if you see a time of a special family member's time on the clock you say a prayer for them whatever their birthday is um if their birthday is on november 30th 11 30 you you just say a prayer for that person and it's it's the little things that you can do in the day when you see a sunrise or sunset thank you jesus and you talk to your kids with that so it doesn't have to be this huge like I must study the Bible. And another huge thing I tell, especially all the women I meet in the pregnancy center, I'm on number 97, um, wonderful ladies, but I share with them, a lot of them don't have scripture in their life, Bible in one year app. Um, it's it's free, it's Nikki and Pippa Gumble out of HTB London. And it reads a Bible, it explains it and applies it to everyday life. And they can listen to it in the car or or read it, 15 minutes a day, it downloads, it's free. It's a red and white app. And and I try to give them little things that they can do to get the word in their life and to get that relationship that's quick. Drive in somewhere, you know? Um, so I try to make it, I just don't want people to think it's this huge encompassing thing that you have to do all these hundreds of Bible studies when right. you don't even have time to hardly put your yeah. makeup on. Awesome.
1: Those are great <laughs> tips. Jennifer, thank <laughs> you so much for stopping uh, by, for joining uh, in with us tonight. This has truly been a treat. I really appreciate what God is doing with your ministry and the passion uh, that you have behind writing your children's books. It's just uh, a wonderful thing. Thank you.
5: Oh, Joy and Rose, thank you for allowing me to be on your broadcast and your radio show and, and just, just the, what you do and how you build up with other authors and build up the word through their Christian writing and your whole platform for what you do is just to elevate those books of hope and help and healing and to build those relational books from children all the way up Then they'll never leave the stuff. So thank you mm-hmm. for creating what you're doing for all of us out here. Oh oh, thank
1: you That's so sweet It it really is It really is That has touched our hearts Thank you again For joining us I want to thank All of you Who jumped in the stream With us tonight To make this A really wonderful show And uh, very interactive We really appreciate Your comments And we appreciate That you've taken time Out of your Monday evening To spend with us We love you For doing that We'll hope to be back Next week With two new authors If not Listen to our replays And we'll be back the following week with two new authors. I tell you guys, we miss Rosemary because she keeps us full from week to week, right? Yes. We've had a lot of breaks this year, but I think we're getting ready to spruce it up and we'll be bringing authors to you all the way until the new year. So uh, God bless you. Happy reading. for listening our purpose is to promote and support christian literature if you're an author contact us at joyandcompany.org we'd love to be in the midst of your company and by the way what are you reading